up, everybody? Welcome to Tat Tuesday, episode four. Today, me and Brandom sit down to discuss anxiety and depression and what that means to us as individuals and as artists. Please bear with us through this episode. We did have some technical difficulties with our audio. The levels kind of changed throughout. Um, so just listen carefully. And if you have any questions, let us know. Thank you. Welcome to Tattoosday, episode four. I'm Virgo Creative. I'm Brandon Negron. We're here to, today to discuss a topic that is very serious, uh, hits pretty close to home for the both of us. We want to talk a little bit about anxiety and depression today, how that relates to us as individuals and how that relates to us as artists. Um, first and foremost, um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the first few episodes of Tattoosday. I'm very excited to see that people are, are keeping up with it and enjoying the content. We plan to bring you a new podcast every Tuesday um, with new guests and new topics of discussion. Um, as well, I'd like to uh, give a shout out to Florida as Fuck. It's one of my other companies. We just launched the website today. Please go to floridasfuck.com, sign up for the newsletter, and keep an eye on all of the cool stuff that we have going on over there. Florida as Fuck is teamed up with Homesick to bring you some of the coolest t-shirt designs um, in the state of Florida. So like I uh, mentioned, we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety and depression, how it relates to us as artists. So, um, I guess we'll start with, I'll start with you, Brandon. Um, if you can discuss your personal experience with anxiety, depression, or, or more specifically, um, maybe like your earliest memory of, of feeling anxious or depressed, what was that like? Well, for depression, um, I've definitely had it for a long time anxiety. Anxiety is more topic for me. I've been battling depression, I don't know, early teen years, mid-teen years. And when I think about it, even even when I was younger than that, I realized I would start drawing out of frustration or just drawing to get away from anything at the time, even at such a young age. Um, particular drawings, I realized that I, I, I came towards drawing animals anytime I was feeling upset. And that has to do mainly with the fact that I have such a huge love for animals and I realized that focusing on their detail and just kind of getting lost with their patterns would help me relax. And um, one of the first times I remember realizing that I was pretty decent at art was probably like maybe fourth grade around there where I was actually drawing a bird one day. Like my parents had were going through like a divorce and whatnot and it wasn't a good day for me. And I was just kind of like in my own little corner just drawing in art class and it happened to come out really, really well. From then on, I kind of realized that was something that would help me out. I didn't realize that at the same time, not only would it push me to do more art, but it also restrained me from doing art because art is such an emotional thing. And sometimes I'm just anxious about how the piece is going to come out, how long it's going to take me. So unfortunately, being in that mindset where my anxiety and my depression would prohibit me from doing artwork, I've had to kind of adapt and really sit with myself and talk to myself to in a way force myself to do more artwork because I know what I can do and I know I enjoy doing it but sometimes the emotions they get too strong and I don't want to do anything. What would you say is the emotion that prohibits you from doing art more? Is it depression where you get in a slump and you don't want to do anything or anxiety where you're like fuck I want to do everything but like I can't because I'm overwhelmed. Which one, which one prohibits you from doing art more and which one inspires you to do art more? Um, I 
think, I think the depression, just being in that slump of like not wanting to move, I think that gets me more than the anxiety. The anxiety still plays a fair part in it. Um, and I would say the anxiety is what motivates me more because I had to kind of like break it down and look at why I'm anxious. And I realized nine out of 10 times when it comes to the artwork, it's mainly because I know I have to spend time and dedication to it. And I'm a perfectionist when it comes to my art. So I want it to come out as clean as possible. I worry about it coming out as clean as possible. But that pushes me because since I know what the outcome can be, I push forward and just sit down and basically just, just do it. Just start and if I have to draw it 10 times, I'll draw it 10 times until like I'm finally satisfied with it. And usually by the end of that, I feel fantastic. I feel accomplished and I love the outcome of what I created. And it's been pushing me more, especially as of lately, to really just draw as many of my tattoos as possible, as many of my tattoos that my clients will allow me or that the piece itself will allow me to draw something up custom for. So, I was gonna say, I remember some of my earliest memories of, I guess, being, uh, I guess depression started first for me when I was younger. Um, mm -hmm. I remember uh, being maybe like seven years old and like going to my room upset about something I could, I could talk about, you know, specifics I'd rather not, but <clears throat> go to my room and I would sit in my room and I would like play with Legos, you know, I, and I would just build Legos for hours. I would build spaceships and, you know, whatever it was. And that was kind of my first creative outlet and where I realized that I enjoyed creating um, as a hobby and as an outlet. And um, once I got into my teenage years, uh, the internet was very prevalent and I spent a lot of time on blogs and websites, uh, message boards and stuff like that. And I got to take a lot of time on creating graphic design um, like a, uh, you know, for my page, I was doing like HTML scripting. So that was my next like creative outlet that I can remember um, where I spent a lot of time doing it as something to distract, I guess, to distract me or to take my mind off of what was bothering me. And at the time in my teenage years, that was my father getting sick and passing away. Mm. And so um, as I got older um, and during, actually during that time while my dad was sick and I was in high school, I was in art class. I would spend a lot of time in our class. I would leave my other classes and go to my art class mm -hmm. because not only did I love being around that environment, but also it just happened to be that my art teacher, um, Bill Pierce, Bill, if you're watching this, I still remember uh, everything you did for me in high school, brother. Um, just being in that environment just really helped uh, keep me keep me down to earth and from floating away. Um, so art, art and create, I think creating in general has always been some sort of outlet or distraction for me. But even at a young age of like seven or eight, um, it started to become uh, something that I could use to not feel, to not feel that way. Just like you explained at the end of it, you know, you might start and get, frustrated with it but at the end of it you typically feel much better and you feel like you accomplished something and like the, that that time and that feeling and that frustration was actually worth something mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool and that's kind of going to lead us into our next segment i wanted to talk about coping mechanisms and how we deal with those emotions when they come up um 
whether that be through art or otherwise. So for me, um, you know, aside from creating art and using a creative outlet to help with, with these emotions, um, I definitely, I play a lot of video games, which that is strictly a distraction where the creative outlet is like something that is actually engaging and working through it. I think that a video game thing is just a distraction, but that's mm -hmm. like something for me. What, what kind of mechanisms do you use to, to help cope with, with anxiety and depression when it arises? The biggest thing I would use for the longest time was uh, music. It was like playing music. I'd come home and I'd spend, you know, six, seven hours after school playing guitar or something. And um, as of lately, art itself has, has been my outlet. You know, I kind of fall back and, you know, I'll start to doodle or something. I've been getting into music again recently. And, you know, I just got like some new strings on my guitar with a buddy. And, you know, we've been playing around and getting back into that. So that definitely has been a huge help to kind of like ground me down and bring me back to earth for a minute. Cause what's been, what ends up happening is you just get into these moods and the issue I have is you feel so numb for so long that you get into these moods and you feel that pain or the anxiety or whatever it is you're feeling. And it feels better to feel that than it does to feel nothing. And quite frankly, I've just been getting tired of feeling that way. So as of lately, the most influential thing, the most helpful thing that has been helping me deal with anxiety and depression, quite frankly, is just positive thinking. Anytime I get into a rut where I just start to feed on those emotions, I'm starting to recognize and realize when I'm doing that, I just instantly put it to a halt and I flip my mind to something else and I try to put my energy into that. And I know some people might look in and say, oh, you're just pushing away the problem. Nah, I analyze the issue, try to understand what, why I'm feeling a certain way and I put them away because conditioning yourself to keep thinking about those thoughts, you're just going to keep doing it. You know, it's not the same. It's not the same thing as pushing away a problem. I think that's like uh, we call that like com compartmentalizing it. It's like not pushing it away or ignoring it, but it's learning how to separate it mm -hmm. and say, okay, I understand that this emotion exists. I understand why this emotion exists. Um, I I can take it and I can separate it so that it doesn't affect other aspects exactly. and put it in, in this compartment where it can exist and you can recognize it but it won't become overbearing and I do agree when you just focus on it then it becomes then it becomes everything it, it takes over consumed. you know a lot of times when you look at these issues and you look at them just as, as the big picture it's overwhelming and it's scary and, and you feel helpless almost you know but when you start to take it piece by piece and like you say uh, there you go I'm lit <laughs> um you being able, like for me personally, being able to understand the problem makes it easier to deal with because I, I know how it works. I know where like the roots are, where it's coming from, and then I can attack it little by little or piece by piece to stop feeling that way. You know, and that alone, just like I said, positive thinking, positive thinking, positive thinking, I can't say it enough, you know, and that's been an influence for me partially in the past, uh, this past year, because of, um, you always pushing, you know, positive thinking, positive energy, the energy of the universe and, and yeah. You know, and it, it really does help. You know, everything starts with you. You know, for, to be able to move forward in any of these situations, you need to situate yourself first and be your best motivator because there really isn't anybody else can motivate yourself better than you yourself. And pushing through that way and having that positive mindset really helps out. And it's been helping me in my art as well. It's been helping take off the, the edge of anxiety off of my artwork and just kind of like, Instead of being so uptight about the rules, just like, just let the pencil flow. Just let the pen flow, you know, and, and do what you got to do. And that's been helping a lot. It's funny that you said that because I was just about to say that. 
now where I used to use creativity as an outlet in my younger years, now as I'm getting older, I find that um, creating art actually becomes the anxiety at some at some points. Where I, I'm like, okay, you know, I've got to set up and draw for this tattoo today, and then I just start getting anxious. I'm like, man, it's going to be a big piece. It's intricate, a lot of details, and I start to get overwhelmed. And then I don't, and then I don't. I'm like, okay, I'll do it later, you know, and and that that's been a difficult thing to overcome and honestly um, and it's it's partially because of where my mind has been going as far as business and the fact that um, you know I've been tattooing for like eight years now and for the first seven years I was doing it for 60 70 80 hours a week you know even if I wasn't tattooing I was in the studio for that amount of time to you know build the clientele to build the skill to, to get where I'm at but after seven or eight years of doing it for that long, it's gotten to the point where on a day-to-day -day basis, it, it is tiring. I mean, I feel like that would be with anything that you do day in and day out for that long. I feel like variety is very important to keep us, I guess, sane. Is that what you're going to say? Sane. Yeah, absolutely. Because just the monotonous, and even if it's different tattoos, different styles every day, it's still just coming into the shop drawing, tattooing, going home, drawing for the next day, etc. You know, rinse and repeat. So, it got to a point where we're doing it for seven years straight, it became the anxiety for me. It's like, I, I didn't, I got to a point, I got to a point several times in my career, and I think a lot of people have been there as well, where they can't create for a while. Mm -hmm. They just need that break, that, that recharge. Um, but yeah, where I'm at now, I guess, my mind is taking me a little bit further away from um, tattooing and art further into business as I as I continue down the path that I've just been naturally traveling for the past two years now. Um, so I'm hoping I'm hoping now that I have a lot of my time um, elsewhere that I can get back into creating as a hobby and as an outlet, and mm -hmm. that it no longer is uh, an anxiety for me. Um, I haven't necessarily found anything on a day to day basis to help. To help get me out of that anxiety when it comes time to do, you know, a piece that I'm not necessarily feeling that morning. And I think that's what it comes down to is, you know, how we're feeling it in the start of the day. Because there's days where I wake up, I'm getting ready to do a tattoo, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm stoked on this piece. And uh, I, know I have fun creating it, I have fun tattooing it the full four or five hours that I'm tattooing. And then I'm thrilled with the outcome, and at the end of the day, I'm all satisfied. And there's mornings where I wake up, and it can be like a small, simple tattoo that I have to do. But I'm just sweating it all, all morning long, mm -hmm. butt dragging my feet, and it just comes down to, to I guess the the mental state of that day. So yeah, I know how it goes, especially with the pressure of it's not the same pressure as working on like a canvas or on any like static canvas. You know, we're working on live people; it's it's something permanent with them. There's when you have that mindset when you're anxious, and then you got to throw on top of the pressure of this is going to be on somebody forever. I can totally understand that, you know, there's... And also, I think what the big thing for me with that aspect of it is that I can't just walk away from it and come back to it in a few days if I want to. I mean, mm -hmm. I can, there's sessions and whatnot, but when someone sits down to get a tattoo, you've got to mm -hmm. dive in and do at least a few hours. Yeah. And sometimes when I start, I'm like, man, I can't believe I have hours to go. It's just, it's hard sometimes. That's, and so just like what you said, being on a campus on a human is different than, than being 
on a piece of paper where if you get frustrated or you don't feel like drawing, fuck it, put that piece of paper down and yeah. look at it for a year. So what do you do when you find yourself in that situation in the middle of a tattoo and you're just like, fuck, like, I had so much more to go and I'm not feeling it. Like, what do you do to help yourself get through it, if I, you can? I take a lot of breaks. Um, I break every 45 minutes to an hour mm -hmm. to stand up and stretch, uh, rest my eyes, get some fresh air. Um, I change the music every 30 minutes to 45 minutes or, or ask somebody to change you know, uh, whatever music they want to listen to for a while and just to try to keep the environment around me changing and fresh to help keep me going for the next 45 minutes to an hour at a time. Um, and a lot of that also comes from my physical condition also. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we struggle with back pain, etc. So sitting in a position for hours at a time is extremely, extremely painful. So after a couple of hours when my back starts getting tight, my eyes are getting tired and then it gets harder, so I think those frequent breaks are like probably the most important thing that I've done recently to help get me through those long sessions. Yeah. Um, and my clients um, understand that. I kind of explain to my clients when I set up that I'm going to be, hey, listen, I, you know, I do one tattoo a day now. I take my time real slow in the morning and like to draw. I like to get into the studio and take my time getting set up. And then, you know, we're going to tattoo for three or four or five hours, but, you know, prepare to be here for the whole day. Like yeah. Eight to ten hour day is drawing and tattooing, but I need to be able to take those breaks and stretch and relax and breathe and, and you know, like I said, change the music, et cetera, to, to give myself something to, to carry, carry the day. Definitely find that a quick break, even, even a quick 20, 30 second break just to, take a breath, look at the tattoo from a distance. So just being so focused in there can fuck with your eyes so much. And sometimes you just need to take a quick step back and in the middle of a tattoo feeling that way is, uh, you know, obviously I've been there as well. You can definitely agree that just a quick breather, a stretch, some music change, maybe a little snack or something to get, you know, a little flavor in your mouth to help change your, your mood up a little bit. That's yeah, another thing. That's so I keep like little candy and mint in the shop. So take that, that 30 minute break and go put a, a hard candy in and helps get you through the next 20 minutes of the tattoo. Um, yeah, now that we talked a little bit about coping mechanisms um, and how we deal with these emotions, uh, I want to talk about um, how do the emotions actually help to fuel the artwork and what the art would be without those emotions. Um, so from my perspective, um, so last year, uh, as a lot of you know, I was trying to get custody of my son. I'm still in the process of doing that. Um, the entire year process that led up until the court date that was back in October was probably the most stressful year of my life, aside from not knowing what was going to happen next with you know the court case um, and waiting for that court date to you know, find out what was going to happen in the courtroom. Uh, there was a lot of other very hectic things going on at home, along with being a tattoo artist and being a business owner and trying to help everybody else with their day-to-day. -day. Um, so through that very difficult process of my life, I, I, last year I was probably the most anxious that I've ever been. Um, and on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't talk about it. I hide it very well. Um, you wouldn't even know, you know, like once in a while, I'll wear my heart in my sleep. Like maybe two or three days, there might be something. You're like, hey, what's up, man? There's something going on. But like 90% of the time, 
especially last year, and speaking from the last year, my mind was just going and was not in a very good place all the time. And um, that, that emotion, that moment, it was a, a couple, I remember specifically a two or three month patch. I was just in my head so much and like clenching my jaw to the point where I was having migraines every day. And I knew that I needed to do something to get it out. And last year I turned back to creating art for me and not for tattoos. And that's when I got a couple of new sketchbooks, or not binding sketchbooks, you've seen them, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just started, literally, I took, I took uh, some ink pen and some markers and I just scratched it in the page. I put every ounce of frustration or every crazy thought that was running through my mind at that time, I just scratched it into the paper um, with the pen and then added the color that I felt um, matched my mood or emotion or thought behind the piece that I was drawing. And I probably did, in that two or three month period, I probably did 60 or 70 pages in my sketchbook and I did probably four or five decent sized paintings in that time, all in the same style. And if you came to uh, the, one of the art shows that we've had in the past year, you probably saw a couple of those paintings. Um, uh, most of you probably haven't seen my sketchbooks or haven't seen any work out of them. I've only shared them with a few people. Um, if you're ever interested in seeing the artwork that I'm talking about, please let me know. I'd love to share it. Uh, I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about that at the end of the episode as well. Uh, about an event that I want to plan uh, regarding these specific artworks that I created. But during that time of, of just sheer panic in my own head, I, I just put my pen to paper. And it created some of the most original and inspired artwork that I've ever that I've ever made. And so I think that very much so my anxiety or my depression has been a fuel for my art in the fact that you know, sometimes there's nothing else to do other than to, to get it out. And I do art, when I say art, I do art in other forms also. I write, I write, you know, poetry, which again, I, I don't typically talk about or share with people, but I have, you know, pages and pages of poems that I've written. Most of them are, are dark because when my emotions get me to the point where I want to write about them, it's typically in a dark place. Um, so, you know, without my anxiety and depression, I don't know what my art would be like. When it comes to tattoos, my art would probably be the same because it's creating for something else. Mm -hmm. And it's just my technical skill. But when I talk about my actual art style and my, my, my emotion, the personal aspect that I put into the artwork, um, if I didn't have that depression and anxiety, I don't know if my art would be what it is. If it would have, If it would have its own style at all, um, and I guess, you know, I, I think about some other artists who maybe don't struggle with anxiety and depression as much, and they create out of the other end of the spectrum, out of being, you know, joyful and happy. Um, and I do create uh, in that aspect as well sometimes, but I think, I guess what I'm, I'm actually just discovering while I'm talking it out is I, I guess I put my negative emotions into certain art styles, mm -hmm. and I put my positive emotions others actually it's funny you say that because when it came around to me it's kind of the same situation with me you know uh 
just because I'm in a bad mood or in a happy mood doesn't mean that my artwork is going to be dark or cheery and colorful. Typically, I'd say when I'm not in a good mood, you'll see that my artwork has a lot more like sharper edges and has more points into it. So I do like to do some abstract work. And then in the characters I like to design, I'll add more sharp edges. And usually when I'm... What kind of style? Are you, are you talking about painting or drawing? It's like drawing, mainly drawing. Um, and then when I'm in a better mood, sometimes I can't create, even if I want to, it just won't come to me. And then sometimes I'll be able to come up with something that has a more flow, something with like a softer edge or something that smooths in a little bit better. And on the same, on that same note though, when I'm in my dark places, sometimes I end up coming up with the most original and most colorful work. Actually, that's how I designed my business cards. When I was in a really tough spot in my mind at that point in my life, even though it was, you know, real recent, I was just trying to trudge through it. And I was trying, I, I threw so much energy into designing these business cards. You know, I spent weeks, you know, just going in, tweaking, changing colors. I created my logo and my character, which I have a whole story and, you know, uh, storyline for that character too. And that all came out of the darkest, some of the darkest times. Okay, well, side path real quick. I didn't know that you had a story for that like yeah. character. Is that something that you plan on making like a comic mm -hmm. or something? Yeah, I actually do plan on making comics and plan on making t-shirts and maybe some slight animation. I just, there's a lot to learn. You know, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to do and it all takes a lot of time. And, you know, my emotions will get the best of me a lot of the times and I won't dedicate so much time to it. But the, the little robot that everybody sees, my logo, his name is Teos, you know, and he does have a story. And the, the way I designed him is for a purpose, is that he's always smiling. And the only way he can show emotions is through his eyes. Because his, his mouth are just LED panels and his eyes are LED lights that will change to show emotion. But he's always smiling, which is kind of like how I am. Kind of like how you were mentioning earlier, I'm not really one to really put out that part of my life. Every now and then I wear my heart in my sleeve, but for the most part, I switched to comedy. You know, I realized I, I like to make a goof out of myself and make other people laugh because when you see a smile on somebody else's face, it's kind of contagious. You know, it tends to want to bring it back to you. And then when you know that you're the source of that smile, it just helps out. So the Teos is kind of a, a very, very slight representation of myself. And there will be more, more to see on him and there will be more artwork in the future. So keep that in mind. But he came out of, like I said, a dark time in my mind. So it's not always dark imagery it's not always ugly or evil imagery which i am a huge fan of sometimes good stuff comes out of it and i really couldn't couldn't explain it but that's just how hard it is i guess you know <laughs> i think um going back to what i mentioned earlier the event that i was uh, thinking about doing with my specific artwork and maybe you want to use chaos or versions of chaos um, as part of this event um, i want to do an event where I'm offering small tattoos, something, you know, a couple inches tall, of these specific drawings that I did during this really dark time where I got my frustration and anxiety out in the form of my art. Uh, and I actually did create little characters. You've seen the drawings mm -hmm. as well. And said, anybody who's interested, please reach out to me. Um, I'd love to talk more about this subject and more about the pieces themselves. So I created these little characters as well, and they essentially represented my anxieties and my frustrations whatever I was battling at the time. Uh, a lot of times they would have X's over the eyes or X's over the mouth because they felt like they couldn't see something or they couldn't say something that they wanted to say. Um, anyway, these little characters, so I want to do, you know, I'm going to have a variation of these 
little sketchy characters, a, a very small size ones that I want to offer to anybody who is interested in getting them tattooed. Uh, I plan on doing it as an event, uh, like a one-day type of event. I want to offer these to anybody who struggles with anxiety and depression, uh, anybody who uses art or tattoos as uh, a release or an escape or extraction or whatever it might be to help you cope with those feelings. I want to offer these tattoos free of charge to everybody. I just want to connect with people and just kind of you know, let them know that they're not alone in it and as well as bring awareness to the situation of how many people might struggle with this on a day-to-day -day basis and don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I want to offer these tattoos to everybody for free and just ask in return. We're going to collect donations that are going to go to a foundation most likely the suicide uh, prevention and awareness, something along those lines. Um, it's just something that I'm, I'm still thinking about right now of, of you know, when it's going to happen. And it's going to happen, but uh, at some point this year. Um, so, Brandon, if you would like to be involved with that and include uh, Teos or versions of it, um, something simplified for the day so we can bring so we can bring value to, to the people who you know, who interact with us. They're, they they love us for, for what we do because it helps them. Mm -hmm. So I want to be able to do something for them and bring awareness to, to the situation and, um, and raise funds to help people who need it. Yeah, I think it's a really good opportunity to show that, you know, you really aren't alone. Uh, the, the issue that I've noticed a lot is that a lot of times when I get stuck into my mind, it really feels like it's genuinely just happening to you. But then you start to talk with some of your friends and some people you've come to know and sometimes you end up just finding a random stranger who just happens to be the right person to speak with. And then you come to find out that you share your problems with a lot of other people in this world, you know, and being able to talk with other people and their experiences and seeing how they've been able to cope with it. You come to realize that there's really no secret, you know, nobody's figured it out. You nobody really knows how to just get rid of it all. It's just about working together, being together and just pushing forward. So I really think that event, this event will help a lot of people realize that you guys aren't alone, that we are not alone, and that we're always going to have someone going through something similar that we're going through. And that, that's the foundation that I built Homesick on. Me and my, my partner, anybody who knows Rob, um, knows you know, how emotional and caring we both are for each other, for the rest of our friends and family. And when we started Homesick, it was supposed to be, it still is, it's, it's a place for the artist and the, and the client alike. Um, it's for every walk of life. It's for it's for everybody who's struggling with, you know, something in their life. And coming into the tattoo shop that day and getting their tattoo is bringing them joy and happiness. And that was the concept. That was the foundation of homesick. And I think that's what has brought us to where we are now, and what allows us to be such a special studio. Um, where we've cultivated such a community within ourselves, of, you know, everybody knows that that we're here for everybody. So we're very excited to to be bringing an event um, to people who, who can really benefit from it. So we're we're excited to be to be doing that. And uh, and thank you for tuning in and watching today um, and listening to us kind of bare our souls a little bit. Uh, like I said, it's a little bit more of a serious topic than we would normally discuss, but I think it's a very important one, and it's very prevalent in you know what makes us artists. And every artist, I think, can agree. And uh, 
you know, probably relate to some degree, and I think most of the people who, you know, get tattooed can kind of relate as well, so. I mean, people have called us therapists many, many, many times. Oh, yeah, people open, up, <laughs> people open up while they get tattooed. It's just a, it's a comfort zone. I've had people come in, as soon as their skin touches that bed, just all comes out. And for the next session, next three, four hours, whatever, they're just, I'm just learning everything about that person. And I personally don't mind. I don't really like to wear headphones when I work. Like, I'll wear them at conventions because there's a lot of noise and stuff going on. But especially for conversations, for people like that who you never know, maybe they just, maybe they don't even know they want to speak with you yet, but they end up opening up. I think it's a good way to connect with your client and really show that, you know, we, care about what's what's happening to them and you care about their tattoo as well because that's just one one little extra step in their healing process so closing out this episode we'd just like to extend a welcome to anybody who might be struggling with uh, some similar emotions if you feel like you want someone to talk to or even just a place to hang out please reach out to one of us come to home safe hang out be around people who just love and care and want the best for everybody um that's going to wrap up for today uh thank you guys for watching tune in to episode four of tattoos day and we hope to see you soon